Section 40 of Poems of American History, The Colonial Era. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Eileen Tipping. Poems of American History, The Colonial Era. Chapter 8. The Struggle for the Continent. Part 9. The fall of Quebec settled the fate of Canada. On September 8, 1760, Vaudreuil surrendered Montreal to a great besieging force under Amherst. By the terms of the capitulation, Canada and all its dependencies passed to the British crown. The fight for the continent was ended. Indian hostilities continued for some years, and it was not until October 1764 that peace was made with them. One of its conditions was the return of all captives taken by the Indians, and they were assembled at Carlisle, Pennsylvania, December 31, 1764. It was there the incident took place, which is related in the following verses. THE CAPTIVES' HYMN CARLISLE, PENNSYLVANIA, DECEMBER 31, 1764 The Indian War was over, and Pennsylvania's towns welcomed the blessed calm that comes when peace a conflict crowns. Bitter and long had been the strife, but gallant Colonel Bouquet had forced the foe to sue for grace and named the joyful day when Shawnees, Tuscarawas, Miamis, Delawares, and every band that roved the land and called a captive theirs, from the pathless depths of the forest, by stream and dark defile, should bring their prisoners on their lives in safety to Carlisle. Carlisle, in the Cumberland Valley, where Connodogwinet flows, and the Guardian ranges north and south, in mountain pride repose. Like the wind the colonel's order to hamlet and clearing flew, and mourning mothers and wives and sons from banks where Delaware seaward runs, from Erie's wave and Ohio's tide, and the vales where the southern hills divide, flocked to the town, perchance to view, at last, mid the crowds by the startled square, the faces lost, but in memory fair. How strange the scene on the village green, that morning cold and gray! To right the Indian tents were set, and in groups the dusky warriors met, while their captives clung to the captors yet, as wild and bronzed as they, in rags and skins with moccasined feet, some loath to part, some fain to greet the friends of a vanished day and eagerly watching the tents to left stood mothers and sons and wives bereft while beyond were the throngs from hill and valley and waiting the keen-eyed colonel's rally the troops in their brave array now friends and captives mingle and cries of joy or woe thrill the broad street as loved ones meet or in vain the tale of the past repeat and back in anguish go among them lingered a widow. From the Swabian land was she, and one fell morning she had lost husband and children three. 
all slain, save the young Regina, a captive spared to be. Nine weary years had followed, but the wilderness was dumb, and never a word to her aching heart through friend or foe had come. And now, from Tulpehaken, full seventy miles away, she had walked to seek her daughter, the Lord, her only stay. She scanned the sun-browned maidens, but the tunic's rough disguise, the savage tongue, the forest ways, baffled and mocked her yearning gaze, and with sobs and streaming eyes she turned to the colonel and told him how hopeless was her quest. Moaning, Alas, Regina, the grave for me is best. Nay, madam, gently he replied, Don't be disheartened yet, but bide, and try some other test. What pleasant song or story did she love from your lips to hear? O oh, sir, I taught her our father, and the creed we hold so dear. And she said them over and over while I was spinning near. And every eve by her little bed, when the light was growing dim, I sung her to sleep, my darling, Wishmolke's beautiful hymn. Then sing it now, said the colonel, and close to the captive band he brought the mother with her hymn from the far Swabian land, and with faltering voice and quivering lips, while all was hushed, she sung the strain of lofty faith and cheer in her rich German tongue. Allein und doch nicht ganz allein, how near the listeners press. Alone, yet not alone am I, though all may deem my days go by in utter dreariness. The Lord is still my company. I am with him, and he with me, the solitude to bless. He speaks to me within his word as if his very voice I heard. And when I pray apart, he meets me in the quiet there, with counsel for each cross and care, and comfort for my heart. The world may say my life is lone, with every joy and blessing flown its vision can descry. I shall not sorrow nor repine, for glorious company is mine, with God and angels nigh. As she sung, a maid of the captives threw back her tangled hair, and forward leaned, as if to list the lightest murmur there. Her breath came fast, her brown cheek flushed, her eyes grew bright and wide, as if some spell the song had cast, and ere the low notes died, with a bound like a deer in the forest, she sprang to the singer's side, and, Liebe kleine Mutter, enfolding her she cried, my dear, dear little mother. Then swift before her knelt, as in the long, long buried days when by the wood they dwelt. And, Vater unser, der du bist im Himmel, chanted she. The sweet our father she had learned beside her mother's knee. And then the grand apostle's creed that in her heart had lain. Ich glaube an Gott der Vater. Like a child, she said again, I believe in God the Father, down to the blessed Amen. Stooping and clasping the maiden whose soul the song had freed, 
Now God be praised, said the mother. This is my child indeed, my own, my darling Regina, come back in my sorest need. For she knows the hymn, and our father, and the holy apostles' creed. Then, while the throng was silent, and the colonel bowed his head, with tears and glad thanksgivings, her daughter forth she led, and the sky was lit with sunshine, and the cold earth caught its smile, for the mother and ransomed maiden, that morning in Carlisle. Edna Dean Proctor A Prophecy, 1764 Ere five score years have run their tedious rounds, if yet oppression breaks o'er human bounds, as it has done the last sad passing year, made the new world in anger shed a tear, unmindful of her native once-loved isle, they'll bid allegiance cease her peaceful smile, while from their arms they tear oppression's chain, and make lost liberty once more to reign. But let them live as they would choose to be, loyal to king and as true Britons free. They'll ne'er by fell revolt oppose that crown, which first has raised them, though now pulls them down. If but the rights of subjects they receive, tis all they ask, or all a crown can give. Arthur Lee End of Section 40 End of Poems of American History, The Colonial Era